Welcome to the podcast for North Decatur Presbyterian Church. We are a Presbyterian USA congregation located in Decatur, Georgia. You can find out more information about the church, our service to the community, and our great education programs for children, youth, and adults at ndpc.org. And you can follow us on Facebook. If you're in the Atlanta area, we hope you'll come and join us in person. That's it. On to this week's scripture and sermon. Today's scripture reading is from Deuteronomy chapter 30, verses 15 through 20. Listen for the word of God. See, I have set before you today life and prosperity, death and adversity. If you obey the commandments of the Lord your God that I am commanding you today, by loving the Lord your God, walking in his ways, and observing his commandments, decrees, and ordinances, then you shall live and become numerous, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land that you are entering to possess. But if your heart turns away, and you do not hear, but are led astray to bow down to other gods and serve them, I declare to you today that you shall certainly perish. You shall not live long in the land that you are crossing the Jordan to enter and possess. I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Choose life so that you and your descendants may live. Loving the Lord your God, obeying him and holding fast to him. For that means life to you and length of days, so that you may live in the land that the Lord swore to give to your ancestors, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Good morning. I've uh, already had such a wonderful introduction. Um, I am a member here at North Decatur, and as Mary Nona mentioned, uh, as of yesterday, a candidate for ordination under care of this congregation. So I am excited to have the opportunity to preach for you today. I graduated from Candler School of Theology in 2015, and uh, in the meantime, I took a little detour and uh, worked in nonprofit fundraising. Now, if you've ever received a fundraising email, you probably, it ended with something like, donate now, or fight hunger, or save the whales. In fundraising and in marketing, we call these statements a call to action. They're short, urgent, usually accompanied by a story of need, a problem to solve, and it gives the donor a real, tangible action to take. Hopefully kind of like a sermon. A call to action isn't unique to fundraising emails by any means, but it can be very compelling when there's a big, shiny, colorful button at the bottom of your email just waiting for you to click and enter your credit card information to change the world or make a difference. In today's passage, Moses is issuing a kind of 
high-stakes call to action for the Israelites. Unable to send an email, he has come to the end of a multi-chapter final sermon. And at the end of this sermon, he's issuing one final call to the Israelites to dedicate themselves to God so that they might prosper and flourish. He's calling them to choose life. Pastor David reminded us last week of the many times the Israelites, hungry, thirsty, and tired in the wilderness, failed. They failed to do what God had asked of them again and again. They'd grown impatient with God, not trusting God to provide for their needs, not recognizing how God has delivered them from slavery. They've rebelled, grumbling against Moses, worshiping other gods. And yet, the God that has chosen and redeemed them has laid their options out before them and offered them life. So you can understand why Moses' message, his call to action, is urgent. Soon he will pass his leadership to Joshua, who will lead the Israelites across the Jordan into the promised land. The Israelites are on the brink, the precipice, both figuratively and quite literally, of all that God has promised them. They've made their camp in Moab on the banks of the Jordan, And in chapter 29 of Deuteronomy, the covenant between God and the Israelites is summarized and renewed. So Moses' urgent message is this. God has fulfilled God's promises. God has held up God's end of the bargain. Now don't blow it. You've had that feeling before, right? In times of transition, that liminal space we occupy between what has been and what will be, it feels charged. Charged with the possibility that things will get better when we get what we've been waiting for. Charged with grief and lament over what we're leaving behind charged with anger about what we've suffered, charged with uncertainty about what lies ahead. We want to trust that God has good things in store for us. We want to trust that God will bless us with life and prosperity, not death and adversity. It takes great vulnerability to step into new life with God. I'm gonna take a brief uh, grammatical detour here, so humor me as we go back to English class. In this time of transition, God is not just calling the Israelites to this place. God is not just calling them to this commitment to obedience or to life. To be called to something implies a full stop, 
To implies a movement to a thing reached. God has brought the Israelites to this place, and it's not just enough to be brought to the promised land. They've reached it. It's right there. And now what? What happens next? Now God is calling them into the promised land. Into implies entry. When Joshua leads them across the Jordan, they will be enclosed by, surrounded by, living and breathing in the promised land. God is calling them into a commitment, calling them into obedience, and ultimately calling them into life. God invites us to be participants in ongoing life-giving relationship. A covenant is not a one-time agreement or a one-sided declaration. And as we see in this passage from Deuteronomy, we have some choice in the matter. The options have been laid out before us, a wide spectrum of choice, and we are called to choose life. The Hebrew verb for choose in this passage, beher, appears in the Old Testament over 150 times. And it's most frequently used to describe God choosing Israel. In Deuteronomy alone, Baher is used 30 times to describe God either choosing a place for special purpose or claiming the people of Israel as God's own. Deuteronomy 30:19 is the only place where we are the ones choosing. God has redeemed us. God has given us life. God has chosen us again and again and again. Now it's our turn. Moses' call to choose life, he's telling us, don't blow it. Of course, the Israelites, upon entering the promised land, will continue to make mistakes they'll continue to turn their back on God. But they'll also continue to reorient themselves toward God. In the book of Joshua, they'll hold two covenant renewal ceremonies. Together, as a community, they'll remember how God has delivered them from Egypt and brought them into this place. They'll remember God's promises to their ancestors. Three times, Joshua asks them to turn toward God, and they say yes, and yes, and yes again, continually stepping into this new life with God. So what does it look like then to choose life? As I was thinking about this question, I recalled Mary Oliver's poem, instructions for living a life. She says, pay attention, be astonished, tell about it. In the context of Deuteronomy, God gives us God's own instructions for living a life. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. In Deuteronomy 30, 11, just before Moses' urgent call to action, he tells us 
this commandment is not that hard. The key to stepping into life is not all that abstract or complex. In verse 14, he says, the word is very near to you. It is in your mouth and in your heart for you to observe. Because life with God is not a destination that you reach. It's something you embody. Life with God is in your very being. Words like commands, ordinances, decrees can scare us off, but this isn't a legalistic trap. It's an urge to commit your existence in the world to a vibrant relationship with the God in whom you live and move and have your being. Making a covenant isn't a one-time thing. Covenant is something you do, a set of lived practices, an ongoing orientation toward God. And covenant is who you are. So consider this my call into action. Step in, friends. We are being invited into the covenant. God has done the work of choosing and redeeming, and now we are invited to respond. We respond by continually reorienting ourselves toward God and loving God with our entire being. In doing so, we are choosing life. Thanks be to God.